Welcome inside the Red Earth Production Studios for another edition of YBM Cast, powered by Game 7 Baseball, Game7Baseball.com. All your tournament information is ready to go right there. Get on there. I think uh, the December 7th, the first your first opportunity for discounts is done. You got a January 7th deadline and a February 7th deadline. So, and I think the January 7th deadline is the clubs for the clubs. Get your club discounts. Yep. So make sure you get on there, get that cart, you know, turn in, uh, get that stuff taken care of. Game7Baseball.com. Had a great conversation with Dave, didn't we, the last time around? We did. Don't forget they have the multi-tournament uh, special as well. If, you know, three for 30, four for 40, five for 50. Look at you. We're taking care of you, Dave. We got you covered, buddy. <laughs> I'm trying to get on his good side. And the thing of it is, I can say Dave because it covers both dudes. Right. You know, either one. That's 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 the positive about that. I don't. <laughs> so anyway, Game7Baseball.com. Get yourself registered. All right. Today on the show, I want to welcome into the podcast, Mr. Scott Bales, the general manager of Ballparks of America. Scott, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. It's a little rainy and drizzly down here in Branson, but. You guys talking about Game 7 tournaments, you know, they are online and we're taking, they're signing them up and hope a bunch of you get to come and visit Branson. And they're filling up too pretty quick from what, from what I've seen uh, so far. Yeah. You're going to be popular down there for a few events. Good. (laughs) We like that. It's a great venue. It's 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 fun. It's it's right in the middle there. There's a lot to do in Branson. It, it's just a good. It's a good solid weekend. You could even take an extra day off and hang out, right? Yeah, a lot of teams they will come down and take either the the Friday to tour Branson or stay till Monday. Um, no lack of restaurants, activities, um, hotels, um, and a lot of baseball here at Ballparks of America. That's awesome. Now, I want to get into this a little bit. For people, I know you guys have been, uh, this is your second year, am I correct in that? Or have you been there a little longer, Scott? This will be season three, I believe. Um, You know, it goes back a little farther than that. There were some original owners out of Chicago that our current owners bought ballparks from them. And we started there, I, I think it was uh, 2021 <clears throat> Memorial Day. We were hired and we had a tournament the next week. So we learned quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> Just here you go. Throw yourself into the water. Right. Sharks. <laughs> now, I, I want to get into this a little bit. You personally, a gen, the general manager there, you, you played professional baseball uh, and I wanted to I want to kind of get into this a little bit your background and your experience as a baseball player how do you you know growing up is it's it's different than it is today isn't it um, boy we talked Brian before we went on live it, you know everything's different um, when I played it was you know, Mitch's, uh, the tribe club teams, we didn't have those. Uh, you might make an all-star game 
and American Legion baseball and play a game. And that was about it. You, you played for your high school and Legion baseball in the summer and, and it was competitive, you know, as far as we knew at the time. Um, but, but looking back, you know, and I was lucky and I got the chance to play till I was shoot almost 40 years old. Nothing matches those 14 to 18 year ages, the memories. I, I, I can recall more games in high school and in district playoffs and state playoffs than I remember Major League Baseball appearances. It, it's just a time when baseball was important to me and in so many ways and not not just winning and losing, but your friendships and and how to act and and how to be an adult. And uh, so those times for me seem looking back and I'm 60 now more important than the major league years. I mean, the major league years were great. And um, and and, you know, it was, it was an experience that, you know, I love to talk about um, when asked, but you know, those 13, 14 through high school, I, it was just fun. And, and for me as a GM here, I see a lot of teams coming here uh, through the, you know, the game seven tournaments in the spring and fall, our tournaments, which are week long tournaments all summer. I see some kids having a lot of fun, but sadly, I see a lot of kids not having fun. And and we try and make this that experience that they come to Branson and we schedule time where they can have fun. I mean, you know, what worries me is all these club kids is so competitive now. And I hope I don't offend Mitch with this at all. Absolutely won't. <laughs> but so many of them may not even be playing by the time they get to high school and they could and they should, but, when the fun's gone, you know, I, I know the way I was at that age, if it wasn't fun and I didn't love going to old Metter park every, you know, three times a week for a game, I would have walked away from it and played something that was fun, but it was always fun for me. My parents let it be fun. My coaches let it be fun. And, uh, so I think for me, that's the biggest thing. I, I don't want it to be a grind for a 12 year old boy to play baseball. Uh, and, and I hope coaches are good with that. Um, you know, all the time uh, when we have our week-long tournaments, a coach will find out I played Major League Baseball and say, hey, would would you mind talking to our team tonight after dinner? I, I, I always say, would love to. You may not hear what I want to say, <laughs> um, but, but I'd be happy to talk to them. And I, and I tell kids, if you're not enjoying it, don't do it. Find something that you enjoy, that you have a passion for. Don't do it um, and be miserable. And, you know, about half the teams that show up here, the coaches get it and, and they make it fun. It's still competitive and and it should be. It's competitive baseball. There's got to be a winner and a loser. I love that. Um, there's no ties in baseball. I love that. But find something that you love and, and spend your time on that. Don't, don't be miserable doing something when you're 12 or 13 years old. And that's what I tell these teams. Some coaches love it and clap and some you see them kind of shrinking into the back of the room because it's only about winning and losing and, 
and them getting a paycheck and and I, I don't think that's good for youth baseball. Yep, I was getting ready to say that too. It seems like youth sports has become business-like, which might be what your experience was in Major League Baseball uh, versus what you loved when you were 13, 14, 15. Uh, because you have to have passion. You have to enjoy it to love something, right? I mean, you can't, you can't go through that grind and, uh, every single day and, and, and love it. Uh, it, it, it. It has to be tough at that young age. And I think that's an influential age too. So um, I like what you said there is keep the passion, keep the fun. Um, you know, that's what we're trying to do. You know, we, we try to have lockouts and stuff, things that kids don't do anymore. Um, you know, shut the building down. They get to sleep in there overnight, play wiffle ball, play dodgeball with neon balls with the lights off. So uh, we try to incorporate some of that fun, but when it's between the lines, it's business. Uh, but outside of it, we do try to connect with our players. And I, 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 that's what I think made me the athlete I was, is I had coaches that allowed me to have fun and be business. Um, I, I played in a good program in my high school and Legion ball. And I'm 20 years removed from his, his age, and Legion, <laughs> and Legion was important. I mean, it was, yeah. it was the staple, and, and rec baseball was, you know, what we considered rec baseball then was very competitive um, when you were a youth uh, yeah. player. And like you said, it was the all-star game. Um, sometimes they might have had little uh, municipalities playing against each other. Uh, so very different um, nowadays than it, than it has been. Because I'm not far removed from Scott, and we, we played Little League Baseball. And, uh, you know, we were the Royals, you know, and there was the Phillies and the Yankees and the, you know, that's the names of the teams. That yeah, we, you didn't really get to pick when you were in Little no, League Baseball. No, but, but, you're but, given you know, it. <laughs> but as a kid, you know, you're 9, 10, 11, you know, I'm playing on the Royals. You know, you see that on TV and that's a – that's something that you uh, relate to as far as, you know, I think, and, and some of that stuff to me, I think gets a little lost. That's one of the th reasons why and we do this, Scott, as I love my, uh, we got to, I'm going to get back to it at the beginning of the year, but our top 10 uh, team names. And that's why I like the, the different names the guys go to, you know, like the battle dragons. They relate that they're the dragons from the school. It's DeSoto, the DeSoto Dragons. They call themselves the Battle Dragons. It's a local group that they play in that. It's in DeSoto, Missouri. I, I think that's cool. I love that stuff. Just other than the basic, you know, titles that we, we give teams. And I think there's a reference to that, something that you relate to. And I think that's important in how you do this. Um, how are you relating to the sport? How do you relate to the people around you? Because it does form relationships. And as you said, that's what's important. And when you're growing up, you get into the business aspect, you might not have that many relationships at the major league level that you did at the high school and legion level. Am I correct? Well, 100%. I, and, and I think Mitch said it, you know, Major League Baseball is more of a it's a business, it's a job. And and I know the average fan doesn't think of it that way. They think, oh, you get to play baseball. Who who but you also get to play 162 games and 35 in spring training. You play nearly two hundred games a year with uh very few days off. So it, it it like any job becomes a job and a grind. And um whereas 
and you're doing it, you know, for the love of the game, but you're also doing it because it is your, you know, it's your line of work. It's your employment. It's how you support your family. But um, going back to high school, I mean, it, it was just, you know, the Legion baseball, you know, I, I don't think we'll ever get back to that, but I love playing for my high school, which was Parkview high school in Springfield playing for Parkview Legion team. Um, everyone did it. Um, there were, uh, no select teams. Now, if, if I would have, if they would have had select teams, would I have tried out for them? Believe it because you want to see where you stand with other people, uh, your age, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, you can't go backwards. I think club baseball is a good thing for the, for the coaches that are doing it for the right reasons. And, um, but again, I, I see too many kids not having fun. And, and so hopefully in this little spot in Branson, Missouri, we can influence some of those kids that all of a sudden think that was the most fun week I've ever had. And in their mind, they tie it to baseball, but really it was a little bit of baseball a lot of video arcades, a lot of laser tag, and a trip to Silver Dollar City wrapped in that those six baseball games they play that week. And um, so we're, we're trying to do our little part to make it not so serious about baseball. That's where our group connected yeah. uh, for my, and I, I coached a 14U team last year down there, and that's where our group connected. We Up until that point, we really hadn't gone out of town. We hadn't had any really team events, and, you know, some of the families had gone out to dinner. You know, some of the parents connected, let the kids go out and kind of do their thing, walk the strip a little bit, um, and just be kids. Uh, there's had a whole, be a whole lot of trust going on because some of the people actually haven't <laughs> been to Branson. Um, and there's a, you know, there's a lot to do down there. So, uh, that's where our team connected, whether it was swimming in a hotel, I, I said, listen, it's our first weekend out, go swimming. I didn't care if we had, if it was in between the games, like <laughs> I just wanted the boys to have fun because I, I felt that's what we were missing because, you know, we have a lot of introverted kids these days, uh, that are afraid to, um, you know, let their personalities out. And I feel like, um, you know, just, just go just be a kid, be 14 years old, uh, be a little mischievous, you know, do cannonballs now, in three foot. Well, I, I don't mean, I don't mean in a negative way. I mean, doing cannonballs, you know, maybe dive in a three foot pool. I don't know. I just, at the end of the day, I'm just like, go have as much fun as you can. I don't want them to steal mom and dad's little dollar bottles of booze. I don't want that to happen. Uh, but you know, go have fun, ride some go-karts, man, bump each other off the track or something. There you go. That's what I meant by mischievous. I know. Not what I did. It was just fun. (laughs) Oh, I give him a little grief here and there. Yeah, it sounds like it. No, you had asked earlier um, my draft path compared to the way baseball works now. And, you know, I was a, I was probably the third best pitcher at Parkview High School. I was probably the third best pitcher at Southwest Missouri State. And uh, a senior pitcher one day, I think I was a sophomore or junior, said, hey, there's a tryout at Evangel College, which is also in Springfield, a little tiny school here in Springfield. Do you want to go? I said, sure. I said, do we sign up? Do we call someone? No, we just, I just heard about it. We'll go. So we show up at Evangel at 
one o'clock on a Saturday and it's raining. No one's there, but there's one car from Pennsylvania, got Pennsylvania plates on it. So we go over and kind of walk up to the car and <laughs> there's a little old man sleeping across the front seat. So we knock on the window and wake him up and it's Gene, it's Gene Baker. And Gene is an old player um, for the Pirates, played a long time in the big, he was their Midwest scout. So it's raining and we said, what do you th- what do we do? And they, he said, well, you'll throw. And I said, well, we're both pitchers. Who's going to catch us? And he goes, I'll, I'll catch you guys. So this 65 year old guy puts on an old beat up catcher's mitt, catches us both for about 10 minutes, takes our phone number and says, uh, basically don't call me, I'll call you. And about a month later calls and says, Hey, the, you know, the draft wasn't even, there was no online. So you didn't know if you got drafted unless someone called you. Um, and he called and he said, you know, you were a 185th round draft pick and we'd like you to, we'd love you to come to Bradenton, Florida for spring training. And after all the negotiations ended, um, I negotiated a $2,000 signing bonus up from the initial offer of 1000 um, and got on a plane and went to Bradenton, Florida. And, you know, those things really don't happen anymore. Um, you have to go through club baseball. You have to get ranked. Your team has to be ranked. Uh, you have to go and get, you know, all your uh, numbers, your velocity, your all that stuff, all the technology, you have to go to a perfect game tournament, um, all that stuff. And, and, and I think it's too bad because I think they probably miss players that at 14 and 15 have a lot of ceiling still and never get to experience it. Um, so that's why, you know, for me, you ask kind of our goals here. One is to keep people playing baseball. I mean, that's one of the things that we hope we do here by creating one of the coolest week-long experiences they've ever had in baseball. One of the things that, and we've talked a lot about this, Mitch and I have talked about this. We, uh, it's, it's one of the things I, I don't necessarily, the A, double A, triple A stuff, we go through this all the time. We're like, you know, let the let 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 the uh, let the tournament directors work that out. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I think is 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 really, I think harsh, and shouldn't be done is you have all these rankings of eight year eight U teams, nine U teams, ten U teams, eleven U teams. You can't stop it. I think it's it's silly. Who cares? Yeah, right. uh, go play baseball. Um, you get to third, we talk a lot about 13 and 14 year olds because they're getting, they're, they're on their way into high school baseball. And that's our point. How are you making your high school team? If you're 14 years old, do we see these kids that have an opportunity? Where do you see them? And, you know, there's a couple kids I, I know we've been watching that will more than likely have an opportunity to play 
on their varsity squad as a freshman, but that's few and far between. And where do you see those kids? And that's where it goes to. And then we start talking high school baseball and move from there. Because I think that's that's where should, the conversation should get back to personally is have some fun. You're, you're from 8 to eight to 13, man. Just go play ball. Enjoy the game. Learn the game. As long as your coach is, is bringing that perspective of how do you play the game? What's the best way? Are you fundamental? Are you getting the fundamentals and enjoying that? It's going to get serious. It gets more serious when you go have to try out and make that high school team, right? Well, that's when um, things start to matter. I mean, uh, you know, you get a chance to play for a state championship or a district. You know, we'll start with a district title or conference championship, then districts, and then so forth and so on. But when I, I when I think about my youth uh, and then getting into high school, uh, I had very little stress being eight to thirteen years old when I played the game. Once I tried to, I was so nervous my freshman year walking on, and all I did was think I was going to make the freshman team. I got lucky and and played a little JV, and then uh, the starting catcher got hurt at varsity, so I got to fill in. But at the end of the day, like that's not common, and you see how many youth players we have in this team, how many youth teams are in one organization, and then how many high school teams that they have. It it gets much much smaller from youth to high school. It gets, I mean probably cuts in half maybe. I, I think we had somebody on the show, I can't remember who it was, maybe Wiggins or somebody. We had talked about the growth uh, or, or the, the reduction of players from youth to high school to college and then obviously professional baseball. It only gets smaller yeah. for you to chance to make the next levels. And so to be 10 years old and have, as a parent I'm talking about, have these dreams for your child to move on to the next level like you're talking about college and professional sports, you're, where's high school? Yeah, and we're, we're skipping we're skipping that, which is which is key. And I, I love what uh, he said over there on what it was like for him to get looked at. Um, when I was 16 in high school, I got to go to Lindenwood, and the Pittsburgh Pirates and Cincinnati Reds were at Lindenwood University at the time, the NAIA school, and they would ho- host open tryouts. And you would go and you would have to run your 60s and all these things. And I was talking to some of the athletes the other day. Like, they're like, Coach, what was your exit speed back when you played? And I was like, I have no idea. I, I had a 34-29 I got to swing. I swung a minus five bat that was a tree, you know, that had it – was, it was a single piece. It didn't even have two-piece bats then. Um, we trained with wood. We did not have the radar guns. I mean, you did for pitching, right? But – we didn't have spin rates. That wasn't a thing. We weren't calculating those things. It was um, an eye test. You know, what was your grit? What were you like as a teammate? And he, he's correct. It's changed. It's completely changed to seeing these kids with rankings. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, you could be a poor kid when I played baseball. I'm sure when you he played baseball, when you played baseball, you could be a poor kid and have a chance. Yeah. I don't think you can be that kid anymore if you can't <laughs> afford to go to perfect game, if you can't afford the training uh, or the additional training or assets that you have available to us. Um, you have to have a little bit of cash uh, in, in today's world. I don't think you can be a poor kid and, and get lucky. <laughs> I, I, I'm well, saying, I think you can, but it's few. It, the, the diff, there is a bigger difference today. I've, I've watched a think. lot of North County kids get uh-huh. opportunities that didn't have dollars. You don't have that anymore. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I'm, I'm sure there's a kid, if he goes out there and he throws 95, he's right-handed, and he, his parents make $40,000 a year, you know, that's irrelevant because that kid's got a electric in his arm. So right. 
I'm sure that happens. Yes. I, I think I always think if you have talent, they'll find you. Somebody will find you. Talent plays. And uh, that's just a matter of are there kids that slip through the cracks? I think there's kids, as, as uh, Scott alluded to, that um, haven't grown up yet physically that are not there that you'll see and you know that's a whole nother conversation i want to come back to this though because we're we're in this conversation and i want to ask the question this player experience like this how has that influenced what you do at ballparks of america well part part of the influence is um the fun side of it um i i think you know once a parent picks a coach and say, say the tribe with Mitch, once you do your due diligence as a parent, find a coach that you trust, that you know will teach the game and will allow kids to have fun, get out of the way. Get out of the way, let your kid learn, let, you know, be supportive. You know, when they have a bad game, be a supportive parent like you would if they got a bad grade in school. But just step away and enjoy it. Um, you know, I never, until I started here at Ballparks, I never um, saw the youth side of baseball. I experienced youth and travel and club soccer. I have three daughters, and they all did club soccer, and they all traveled. And some weekends I would head to Chicago, and my wife would head to Dallas. I mean, we traveled, and we spent money, and – a couple played in a couple of them had the chance to play in college, but um, looking back, we just had so much fun, you know, one-on-one -on -one with our kids and traveling and, and we had groups of parents that got along well. And, and, you know, we just made the pact that we were not going to harass an 18 year old line judge on an out of bounds call. And we weren't going to follow the center linesman off the field because he made a bag. I mean, it's not that important. It's just not. And um, so when I got here and I saw it all over again, with it's the same thing, you know, youth soccer, travel soccer and travel baseball. And, but, but I, that's all I can say is that once parents make that call and join a team, sit back and enjoy it and enjoy the wins, enjoy the losses you know, I, I think I've probably lost more games than any person I know because I played till I was 40. I played for the old tribe, and we would lose 100 games a year for three years. So I, <laughs> I know how to win, and I definitely learned how to lose. But um, you just got to enjoy it, and, and it's brief. It's a small window of your life, and, and people need to not lose their minds over a uh, – three, two strike call, you know, it's just, I, I, I don't know how you get past it. Parents care. Parents spend a lot of money. But again, if, if any parent listens to this podcast, your life will be much more enjoyable. Just enjoy the games, win or lose. Um, oh, for three or three for three. They're both important days and building blocks in a kid and we all have to go through all of those to, to you know to come out the other side and and still be a happy 
high school baseball player that has a chance to go on and play college. Like Mitch said, if you skip that high school age, <laughs> there's no college age. There's no getting drafted age. You have to be a high school player and be competitive. And um, so don't, don't make a kid leave a sport he loves because it's miserable. Um, let him have a chance to grow because you never know if a kid gets into high school and then goes to college and then goes to Merrimack for one year in St. Louis because no one else offered you a place to play. Some weird things happen and you got to stay healthy. And but, but most of all, you just have to love going to the ballpark every day. That's that's a fact. I, I probably work with uh 200 something kids uh, between uh, November and February that I have consistently between that time frame. Some of them are in a team setting, some of them are individual settings. And I ask questions because I'm big on mental strength. Um, you know, I don't want to talk about necessarily toughness or weakness. I want to talk about mental strength and, and, and awareness for these kids. And I, I will ask because uh, I will talk to a kid and they will look over their shoulder. And I, I ask them, what are you looking at? You know, and, and they're, they won't say nothing because that parent's there. And so I said, you want me yep. to tell your – when we're cleaning up baseballs, I said, you want me to ask your parent to leave? And, and I'll ask that question at times. I'll just stick up for the athlete and say, hey, you know, he has these anxieties or she has these anxieties when you're here. Would you mind going upstairs? And so then I start asking the necessary questions because I want to try to get a feel and I want to try to connect with the parent and, and, and advise them and say, hey, this is what this athlete's feeling – let, let's let's try to control this. It doesn't always go well. Some people think I'm overstepping my boundaries, of course, because I'm they feel like I'm telling them how to parent. I'm just asking them, hey, give them a breather, allow them to play the game because your kid is good, but their struggle in games because of the pressure of the car ride before it. Um, I think I was guilty of that a little bit when I when my daughter was going through uh, my first child. Uh, was going through the process. Uh, she was a good player, and when she was 0 for 3, I'd say, let's go out in the backyard and work. Um, I didn't see nothing wrong with that. I didn't tell her she was terrible. I didn't tell her that, you know, 0 for 3, you're not going to get looked at in college. Um, but I was, you know. It's time to go to work. Yeah, I was firm <laughs> with what I, what I thought was the right thing to do. Um, and so I, for, for me, like I said, I don't want a kid coming to me looking at their parent wanting them to say, you did a good job. And, and that one swing, you know, or when you had a bad swing, they're looking over at their parent and their parents just shaking their head. Like he said, give them their space. That's their time. That's probably their time to get away from school. It's their time to get away from family uh, issues or anything that's going on in their life. If it's, if it's 30 minutes, an hour or two hour practice or a two hour game, let them be kids. Go sit down the right field line or, well, you know, get away from tripping. <sighs> I think it's an interesting deal. We, we go back and forth through these things, and I think there's, there's definitely lines that get blurred in all this. It should be a family experience because, I, you know, as I've always said, there, it's, 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 that's the parent, that's your child. They're proud of their kids. They want their kids to succeed. It's finding the balance in everything. And if and I don't care who you are. There's, there isn't a child that doesn't want the approval of their parents. They do. And that's a natural thing. It's just trying to bring that balance to things to where it doesn't get overdone. And we've all overcooked it as a parent. We all have. I, I've been guilty of those. We've all have done that. But it's finding that place where 
your child understands that we want the best for you. We want you to succeed. We're trying to help you succeed. But you have to understand that it's your success. It's, you know, we're helping you, but it's your success. Understand that. Know that you're the one succeeding. You're having this success. And, and so they grow in that confidence for themselves. And, uh, you know, that we are here to help you learn how to succeed. And I think that's the key to it as a coach, as a parent, as any anybody who mentors, you're trying to help that person understand how to succeed. And it and that's where I think the lines get blurred. We we overstep that that line at times as a mentor, as a parent or whatnot, because we want so much for that person to succeed that it's easy to cross that line and go, oops, I tripped over myself. And it's easy for that 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 person who wants to succeed for the parent, for the mentor, to step over that line. Like you said, they're constantly looking for that uh, affirmation rather than that finding that balance in there. And I think this is it's a, it's a it's a fine line that we walk in these things. And I find it fascinating when you look at a week long subject matter like uh, what Ballparks of America does through uh, much of the, the summertime there, bringing those kids with just the coach, you know, and, and having that, they're, they're kind of, I wouldn't say isolated, but they are removed from the parents in those places. Scott, how much do you see those things and the differences? Because you kind of alluded to that. Some coaches shrink and some coaches applaud, right? Yeah. Um, one of the things you mentioned was the, the family experience. And, and I would, I would personally guarantee that our week long tournaments during the summer, nowhere in America, you can get a better family experience than right here at, in Branson, Missouri at ballparks of America. Um, we schedule games to give teams nights off so they can go ride go-karts, play mini golf. We, they get a free pass to Whitewater. Um, we, we have team meals where not just the players and coaches eat, but the entire team, siblings, huge group meals. You know, we'll feed 700 people dinner on campus, everyone together. We have the coolest opening ceremony of any term. And we've traveled around to look at other big tournament and opening ceremonies. Ours is unbelievable. The entertainers we have from Branson, uh, the, the, the fun that the players get on the field. Um, you know, we'll have 2,000 people at our opening ceremonies. Um, so I, I agree with you. It's got to be a good family experience because it's not just the kid. It's mom and dad are involved. Little brothers and sisters are involved. So we have taken that. Are we the highest level competitive tournament in America? No, and don't want to be. We have some of the best teams in America. Mike Sweeney brought his team from San Diego last summer and told us it's just a little neighborhood team. They were unbelievable. He had done some heavy recruiting on that team. But but they played some teams from, from Kansas City 
some club teams and there were a double a team and his team was quietly known as a majors team but he didn't want to tell anyone that and and we put them and they play each other and, and they they become friends and they uh they'll do the escape room together you know two different teams playing at night and we leave the lights on on all all fields till midnight and on all five fields until we cut the lights at midnight there is everything going on those fields except baseball they play soccer they play tag they play wiffle ball they play kickball they play stickball um but it's just teams from st louis to washington dc um you know we have a we have a non-for-profit arm that helps us bring in some of those teams you were talking about, Mitch, that can't afford to come here. It's not the cheapest tournament in, in America either, but we have ways to get inner city teams from Chicago here. And um, you know what, That at the end of the day, that's good for them. It's good for these very high-end club teams. And they're playing kickball at midnight. I mean, it's just my favorite part of the day Games are over. Parents are kind of off doing what they do and kids are playing. I love it. And it's why I do this job. You know, as a, a growing up, one of the are growing up, I guess, as I was an adult growing up, trying to grow up. I don't know if I still have <laughs> one of my in uh, this. I don't know how long Ballparts of America has been around. Um, that's my fault for maybe not doing some research. But uh, one of the things that I've always loved was like that boot camp. Uh, not, I don't want to call it a boot camp, but the, the military style bunkers, you know, like the kids are just all in sleeping on bunks, you know, yep. and uh, that to me uh, seemed like that would be the funnest time uh, to play baseball because you, you're seeing kids from all over. And um, that was what I loved about going to hotels when you played the game uh, is you had soccer teams in there. Like when we'd go to the show me state games when I was a kid. Uh, I always thought that they, that was a good tournament and you would go to a hotel that was a massive hotel, whether it be teams all over and you stay up, you know, playing in the parking lot or, uh, you know, playing wiffle ball, stick ball, shooting bottle rockets at each other. But um, for those kids, don't do that. Uh, but we had fun. And and uh, again, talking about how he started the show with what Scott said, those are the most influential years. I still talk to those kids I played high school baseball with in youth sports, uh, that specifically seventh grade on up. The college guys that I played with, I talked to one because his daughter was in our program. Um, and outside of that, I haven't talked to anybody from college ball since I walked off campus. Yeah. Um, I coach college sports uh, because I've mentored kids there. I, I have had an opportunity to connect with them still. Um, I will say college sports was a blast. Uh, the traveling, the experiences of, of flying together, driving together, uh, the things that happen on road trips when your you know, bus breaks down or you get caught in a snowstorm, all those things um, have experiences and they're great. But still to this day, it's the high school memories that I have, uh, the games that I played, I still remember, uh, the people that I played with, the moments uh, uh, that I didn't even know guys played baseball that were pretty darn good, you know, that played basketball, that were studs in basketball or football. Um, I Have fun. If you have fun, you're going to love it. Yeah, yeah, because I remember playing Yates Center, Legion ball, man. 
Um, that's in Kansas, by the way. Yeah, I had no idea. I was just nodding <laughs> my head because it seemed like the right thing to do. And <laughs> it's, you know, your those rivalries are there, and that's the thing. That's what's cool. And, you know, you get the called third strike that bounced in the dirt because the umpires, you know, you're always, everybody's like, ah. It's one of those things, man. <laughs> I don't, to me, you know, it isn't a matter, you know, I'm probably exaggerating. Maybe not. I don't you know, know what you're going to say, but, or did you already say it? It's just one <laughs> of those listening. things where, where I think some of that stuff, I, I remember watching my nephews uh, play Baldwin Legion and, you know, the rivalries over there with uh, uh, Manchester. Manchester Creve Core, especially. I mean, and you get into district play, and you know those kids are at different high schools too. So you're, you know, you're you're not only bringing the 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 Legion district, you know, the city play, but also the high school rivalries come into that. And and you know, like you were saying, you know, you played for Parkview. That's what it was, and so you're still playing Kickapoo. You're still playing Glendale. You know, whatever the case may be. And those rivalries are still there. And I, I think those are fun things that sometimes maybe we've lost a little bit of. Would you agree? Yeah, because think about if my in my day, Parkview, Hillcrest, Central, Kickapoo, Glendale, if the three best players on each team went and played on a team, it just takes something away. Um, you know, when you're that top two or three player on your high school team, you learn some things about being a leader and leading by example that when you go to that specialty team, who's leading that team back at your high school now? Um, you know, some some of those kids that stay and aren't great, they're going to play at Division Three in, in college, and they're going to become a really good college player at some point. But when they just start breaking apart, you know, now – you know, oh, you can't play for a summer team. You have to play on a travel team. You have to, you know, go to 50 states this summer. You have to play 125 games. I, I just don't buy into any of that. I think, like I said earlier, find a coach, trust him, and, and sit back and enjoy. And it's going to be brief, whether it's three years in high school or four more years in college or a couple of years in the minor leagues or, you know, for a handful that get very lucky and, and don't think for a minute that there's not a lot of luck involved. You know, if, like you said, if there, if you're a first round pick and you sign for 10 million, Bobby Witt Jr., not a lot of luck involved. Um, you're going to get to the big leagues. No matter what your numbers are, even you're going to get a chance to play in the big leagues. Everyone else, it's a crapshoot, and you got to be with good people, and you got to be with people you like, and you have to love the game of baseball. And and of anything we promote here, it's that love the game, enjoy it, and when you walk off, go do something else you love. You know what's what's even better about this, Scott? Is I, I want people to understand something. You know, and I hope you do. You're grasping the gravity of this. Here's a gentleman that is the general manager of a sports park that invites all these club teams to come and play. And and he's saying these things. That shows you how honest he is about the sport, how honest he is about people, and what he believes in. 
to me that that to me makes you gravitate more to going and playing the experience and understanding that you guys are working to develop that mindset that whole experience throughout the park yeah from the minute they pull in the park you know we try and make it a memory of a lifetime um and it should be you know our number one competitor is up there in upstate new york in cooperstown they do what we do um and there are a lot of teams from st louis that probably won't come here because st louis teams can go to branson all spring all fall if they're going to go to a week-long experience they're going to go to new york and and that's really the only place where they stay in dorms all their meals are with their team and coaches um and i would just say <laughs> my one sales pitch for the day if you're thinking cooperstown or ballparks of america new dorms air conditioning better food um, bathrooms it, bathrooms in the building, not a 600-yard oh, walk yes. to a big group bathroom to shower or just go to the bathroom. Um, we don't run people off the fields the second their game's over. We let them stay. We, and like you, I said, they play late into the night every night, and they don't care if they have an 8 a.m. or a 9 a.m. game the next day. They're – most memorable part of it is playing against teams from another state, another demographic, um, and playing games until late in the night. So as long as I'm here, we're never going to stop that. Our ownership group loves the fact that we keep burning the lights late into the night because it, when we talk to teams, it's what the kids' most memorable part of, of this is. Now, if you win the tournament, is it a big deal? Yeah. And it should be, but for the other thirty some teams, they they will start naming it off. You know, when we beat the team from Pennsylvania in laser tag, uh, when we uh, played, you know, we we have twenty acres here. Some of the hide and seek games are, are go on for hours. Um, so it, we just want them to have fun and. And when a team suggests something like, hey, can you change our schedule where we can have Tuesday night off to go and see the Hey Goods country show? Sure, we'll change it. And um, so we're doing what we can to make this, like I say all the time, the most memorable week of baseball that not just the players, but these families will ever have. I got a quick question on that, uh, just because I'm being nosy and, and I and I don't know this. Do you, uh, when you host an event that's a week long event, is it one age group or multiple age groups? Some are multiple age groups. Some are twelves only or thirteens only. Or, um, but we have three or four that are elevens, twelves, and thirteens, or twelves and thirteens. And I, yeah, and I know Dave and Dave who will listen to this um, from Game Seven. We've bought another complex down in Branson called Show Me Baseball Camp. It was a camp I attended in 1978 as a ninth grader or tenth grader. It kind of sat empty for the last three or four years because of COVID. The old send your kid away to camp and do training is kind of a thing of the past, like a lot of things. 
Um, but our owners bought that where they're spending a ton of money. They're real grass fields. So now if the tribe has a 14 or 15 or 16 year old team, we have fields they can play on. And it's the most beautiful view at Table Rock Lake. It's like a peninsula. And I remember in high school standing on the mound and you can see the lake on three sides around you. It's a beautiful place. And uh, Game 7 will be hosting events there. Yeah, I can't wait because I obviously for me, I had moved from 14s to 15s. And so I'm like, now where do I play for these high school events? And, and uh, you know, we have a, my 15U team's pretty solid um, and we'll be able to compete uh, in some of these bigger events. But, um, you know, I, my 17U team, I, I need a I need places for them. I can't put them up against these top tier teams. Um, you know, we'll walk away from the weekends feeling defeated. And so I, I don't want that. And, and I. I'm looking for uh, new opportunities. And I, one of my favorite events I ever played at was when I was in Al Lang Stadium down in Florida, uh, seeing the bay behind you, uh, being able to play with that experience. So I, I, I've never been to this it's park cool. down in Branson. Um, and so, you know, just seeing Table Rock Lake down there means I need to stay for a week. I'm not, not, exactly. I might not coach, I might fish the whole time, but uh, I'll let one of the parents do it. <laughs> I'm just gonna stay on the lake. Drop spoons 50 <laughs> feet deep, catching small mouth. You can, yeah, you can do it 50 yards from the field. So he'll be over fishing. That, that ain't no lie. He'll be coaching and fishing. <laughs> if I could just cast from the third base box, I'm good. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's good. Scott, uh, please, um, love to have you back on. Talk some more baseball. I'd love to just even talk more about the experience, and, uh, you know, and talk more uh, baseball because I loved uh, the things you were talking about there. We have these conversations all the time. All the time. That's, that's what we do around here. We talk baseball. And uh, we'd love to have you uh, back on, talk some more baseball, man. Let's try and do one this summer during a week long, and I'll I'll walk around and have one of our young tech people show you everything we do here. It's it's amazing. I I'm I'm all for it. If that's an invitation, we'll be there. Yeah, it is. Love there it. You, there that's, you go. That's that's fantastic. Because uh, it, it's what I like about what he said is he's has he had all the experiences. He's had the high school, uh, you know, college, and then the experience of uh, playing professional baseball. And the message is very similar as, as a lot of coaches around here or a lot of uh, guests that have been on this show, the, the message is the same. And so when you think about these people and we're talking about trusting your coaches, that's the common thing that I want from my parents and, and my club, uh, you know, for, for my coaching staff, I want my parents to trust them. Um, there's There's gotta be some some truth to that, right? I mean, if, if we have multiple people at multiple levels, high school coaches, college coaches, professional athletes, all saying the same message, just open up and let us in just a little bit and maybe it'll become easier. Because when I got to sit on the sidelines and just be a dad, it was the greatest experience that I could have instead of being their coach yeah. or instead of wanting to coach uh, when they were playing. Um, when I could let it go um, and got to sit back and sit under the shade tree, I loved it. It was it was um, a so much a so much better experience because when they got done after the game, I got to give them a hug instead of chewing them out or something of that nature. And so, um, have fun. That's what I got out of this show, Scott. Is just have fun, um, and that you got great food uh, down there at Ballparks of America. 
I heard great food. We have we have very good food, <laughs> right on campus. We have a we have a full service restaurant. So it's called the Double Play Cafe. My favorite hot dog in the world served right out of that building. <laughs> dogs, man, dogs and baseball. Because <laughs> you, you got to remember, you know, Chavez Ravine, Dodger dogs, baby. Uh, I'm not the hot dog guy. I like to mm-hmm. actually go over to Grizzly Stadium and eat their. Uh, Krispy Kreme uh, cheeseburger that they have over there. It's probably why I'm as heavy as I am. With a donut on it. Oh, it's fantastic. It's actually made Food Network uh, as one of the top ballparks uh, foods. Oh, wow. Concession stand foods. Have you ever had one? No. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) If you have heart problems or diabetes or something like that, I I recommend don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. Absolutely don't do it. Oh, man. Scott. Thank you, sir. Scott Bales, General Manager, Ballparks of America. If you haven't if you haven't uh, uh, got on and looked at their website, it is ballparksofamerica.com, correct? Ballparks correct. Of- and show and showmebaseball.com. Show me baseball. Get a look at that facility too. So there we hope go. to see a lot of those St. Louis land uh, teams down there. I, you know, my connections with Merrimack. Bring me back to St. Louis a lot. Rick Lesman was my coach. Oh man, <laughs> he was awesome. Um, love love some Rick Lesman. He taught me a lot about being a, a left-handed person in this world. And <laughs> and I love that. And I worked for this. I worked person. for the. I worked for the Springfield Cardinals for eight years. So I had ties with the St. Louis Cardinals and. Uh, St. Louis is, is, is a fond place in my heart, and I'd love to see, especially in the spring, all the teams that you guys bring down. That's awesome, awesome. Scott, thanks again. Folks, thanks, guys. We're, we're going to get Scott back on the show, and, and we'll be down there this year. I, I mean, I know we'll probably go down with Game 7, but I definitely want to get down for a week long. That'll be a lot of fun. Appreciate that. Perfect. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. If you like what we're doing, please. Hit that subscribe button. It's right there. Boom. And then right next to that is the dinger. Hit that dinger because that's what we do around here, right? Yeah, I've switched from last week to doubles thing. Uh, we're going just dingers this week. Oh I felt gosh. pretty good. Man, you got to make up your mind. Bro. I felt I had a good week of hitting. I got I got started eating better. I ibuprofen and I, I hit. So we're back to just hitting dingers. Well, no, I hit 102 on my exit velo uh, at 42 years old. So I felt pretty good about it. So wow. we're back to hitting dingers. All right. So hit the hit the dingers. I can that's, swing it. That's what we do. <laughs> and uh, that will get you all your notifications for ups- upcoming episodes. Like it. Share it out with your friends. We do appreciate the support. We really do. And that's why we uh, we get the opportunity to bring gentlemen like uh, Scott Bales on the show to talk to us about baseball. We appreciate it greatly. Everybody, have a great day in the Lord. All you pitchers, keep throwing strikes and hitters. And where they ain't. It's good advice. We'll see you all next time.